Welcome to the podcast, Authors of the Pacific Northwest, where I connect authors with their readers. We also talk all about the author's inspiration, their journey to publication, and the authors will educate me and you, the listener, all about the business of writing. I'm your host, Vicki J. Carter, also known as The Author's Librarian. Hi there, listeners. It's the host and producer, Vicki J. Carter, here of this podcast, The Authors of the Pacific Northwest. And before we jump into the episode, I wanted to stop real quickly and share with you the newest project that I'm working on. If you are an author, I think you might be interested in it. I have a YouTube channel that I just launched called The Author's Librarian on YouTube. And on that YouTube channel, I am going to share with you free accessible resources that you can use to help you with researching. I'm going to give you tips. I'm also interviewing librarians and I'm writing a book to help authors with researching. So I hope you find me there on that YouTube channel. You can find the link in the show notes. Now let's get to the program. Podcast listeners, thank you so much for coming back to the Authors of the Pacific Northwest. And this episode, I am thrilled to um, bring back on Bill Knauer, or it's William Knauer is his um, writing name, but I will be calling him Bill. <laughs> and Bill has become one of my friends and almost a mentor in writing. So um, Bill, say hi to everyone. Hi, everyone. It's good to be back. I am so glad to have Bill back because we were just talking before we hit record I think I recorded my first episode with Bill. It was episode 80. So we are now 108 episodes. So that's quite a bit back. <laughs> and I probably recorded in January of 2020. It came out February of 2020, right before the pandemic. So we got a lot of catch up on, right, Bill? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's God, it's been a lot has happened. A lot has happened for me and the world. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, let's talk about what happened for you first. So, where, what, what happened in the last year besides? Well, I published a book. I published another book for writers called yeah. "Everyone Has What It Takes: A Writer's Guide to the End of Self Doubt," and it came out it. first uh, from Penguin, and it's just great. Very excited. I'm going to be teaching. I don't know when this is going to air. We're talking on the 20th of July. In two days, I will be doing an all-day workshop for the Writer's Digest yearly conference. And everyone has what it takes all-day workshop that'll supposed to be in New York. They went virtual, so we're going to keep it. We'll be doing it virtual again. So very excited. You know, it's out. And I haven't done a big tour with it because still things are still a little wonky. Yeah. And so, uh, but it's just, I'm so thrilled to have it out. So glad to share it. Um, it's been a project that um, has been in the works in one way or another for like a decade in a yeah. way. Yeah. So it's very exciting to have it out. Because you do a lot of writing coaching. Besides you, you know, you do a lot of teaching for Writer's Digest. You have your own magazine, your own whole podcast, which I'm going to be coming on soon. I can't yes, wait. Yes, yeah, yeah. And um, I get to, we get to flip the script. You get to ask That's me. That's right. So right. Um, but so does this book come from you doing a lot of coaching with authors and writers? Because self-doubt's a huge element. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, it's sort of... It, Yes, it did come from that in a way. I originally it was going to be called a it was going to be a memoir mm -hmm. called No One Is Broken. And it was going to be based on my experience with raising a son who's on the autism spectrum. 
And that language, that perception of a world without broken people, people you need to fix, mm -hmm. people who had something inherently wrong with them that stood between them and sort of a full life, whatever that was, whether yeah. physical limitation or things like autism, whatever it is, or a, a writer who's not publishing, which was the case for me at that time. And so I wanted to call that, I, event, I published a piece in the New York Times called it, which was great, called No One Is Broken. It was great and had a nice, you know, reception. I really wanted to write a memoir about that, but um, this is a little lesson to your um, listeners if they're interested in memoir. The, the words No One Is Broken was a statement that, and a realization that came to me, but it's not a story. Yeah. It's yeah. not a story. And even though there was, I tried to find one to fit that around that message, which I really believed in. I, it was really a struggle. And many people got interested. I, many agents tried and many publishers were pretty interested and couldn't quite get it. But in the meantime, I would be um, giving talks to writers. I'm always, you know, I published Fearless Writing, a book called Fearless Writing a few years back. And I'd written a book called Write Within Yourself before that. So I was out there in the world of writing community. And my thing is always, the emotional challenges of writing as opposed to the craft of writing primarily. And I found myself telling a lot of stories about my son, who's called Jack in this book. And talking about, I realized that the message of no one is broken was so relevant to writers because writers often wonder if they have what it takes. Mm -hmm. And they got what it's talent. Mm -hmm. Usually we call it talent. And in the world of creativity, Vicky, it is not kind, but there is a sense of division between yeah. haves and have nots, really. Like yeah. The ones who have it and the ones who don't. And like, hey man, you know, it's the way the cookie crumbles kind of thing. Yeah. And the, as I would talk about Jack and raising a kid on the spectrum and, and about answering the question of whether you have what it takes or not, I came to see that the two things really overlapped. And when I, it was my wife who said, well, actually I, I talked about everyone having what it takes and how I give that talk every once in a while. She's like, well, that sounds like a book. And so, it became a book for writers, a series of long essays about that idea of sort of inherent equality and the end of self, a writer's end of his end of self-doubt. Because the greatest doubt, the greatest doubt a writer has, I think the most fundamental is, do I have it or don't I? Because yeah. if you don't have it, you can't do it. Oh, gosh. Right? So <laughs> and how do you know if you have it? And how do you know you have it unless you do it? And even then, you could believe me, you can still, you can write one. What if you don't have it for the next one? You just got lucky, blah, blah, right? We're talking about this right after, and I apologize for the dogs. They're out of the studio. So <laughs> <laughs> um, it's my life. Just finished the self production of my first book, like right. the whole gamut, decided to go self production on this one to kind of feel it all out, see what it's like. And it got it out there, great reviews, great, you know, reception. And now I'm like, I, I have so much self-doubt almost every single day. I'm getting like these awesome, cool things happen. People want to hear about, you know, the book and stuff. But I think I was talking to my daughter, who's an artist too. And I said, after the production of it all being done, putting myself totally into it. And then at the end of it, it's like, okay, now what? You know, now it's like this emptiness of almost depression, like of, now what do you do? You know, of course you start on the next project or something. You start on the next project and you know, you, you can, the thing is, and it's harder with um, this, 
step in it. And I go through it too. You know, I was a big dream to get this book out and then it came out and it's always kind of a letdown because, you know, it's not, and also these kinds of books aren't the kind of books like a, say a fiction book where there's a kind of like reviews and stuff. People yeah. don't reviews, review these types of books or bloggers, but you know, it's not yeah. that kind of thing. No, it's you know, true. There's Amazon reviews, but not newspaper reviews or that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And I don't read Amazon reviews if I can avoid it. And yeah. so, um, so I go through it too. The thing you want to learn to do is to bring the same sort of creativity to the sharing of the work that you do to the production of it and the writing of it. The difference is that when you're writing it, the creativity, the steps are so immediate. It's idea translation into sentence. Or if yeah. you're producing it, like, okay, I need to hire an editor. And you, do, you can really get your hands in it. Yeah, to follow. <laughs> there, it feels like, and whereas the sharing of it and seeing it flourish requires a little more, there's a little more mystical kind of aspect to it. You mm -hmm. have to, first of all, tap into wanting to share it and then see what ideas come to you and trust that sort of the right people will find it and they'll share it. But you really want to stay focused on your desire for it to flourish and it to grow and know that ideas for how to do that will come to you. But it's easy to think, well, it's out of my hands now. And I yeah. just got to, you know, there's no, I can't, I can't be connected to the, to how well it does out there, yeah, how often yeah. it's read, but you can, but it just requires a different kind of focus. I think the focus that I shifted on, it really comes to the self-doubt because my book is for authors as well. And it's mm -hmm. about researching and it's a, yeah. it's a topic we all talk about, but it's not a topic we really talk about. It's like, oh, I researched, but you know, I kind of went down the rabbit hole and then, but to have some clear cut discussion about great researching and how it can benefit a writer. That's my mission, right? And right. it's almost like I feel like I have to educate a lot of authors, which Good. I'm finding myself doing, which I love. But um, I think it comes down to that self-doubt that I think you might address. And I will be reading your book, so you know this. Oh, <laughs> good, good. Well, thank you. Um, and, but the thing about self-doubt is that I'm okay with producing when I'm in control of everything. It's sure. Crazy. Oh, yeah. Putting oh, that yeah. message out there, that's yeah. where I start doubting myself. I'm like, right. somebody's going to be like, what is yes. he talking about? Somebody is not going to like it. Exactly. Somebody is going to say, why did she write it? I don't understand. I don't like it. Why did she write it? Right. And, you know, it's going to happen. Um, everyone who's ever published or shared anything has said someone does not like their stuff. And usually when you don't, they don't like it, they don't see the value of it. They just don't perceive the value of it. Yeah. You know, and so for my kind of stuff that I write, you know, for there are writers who really just want, like, give me the nuts and bolts give me the steps I can follow. And, you know, everyone has what it takes, like everything you need is in the title, like, that's it. Like, you know, like you could end it right there. But I understand the mind kind of rebels against it. And so I write a series of chapters to help remind you of like, yes, 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 you really do. You really do. Everyone really does. Everyone really, because I need reminding, we all need reminding of it. And, but if you're looking for you know, seven steps to finishing your book in three months or whatever it is. And it's fine if you want to do that. Like, you're not going to find it in my book. And you may, if you're that kind of reader, you're not going to like it. Yeah. So that's, and, so, and boy, we all have to contend with that. You know, we all have to contend with it. And try, and you have to, you have to, when in doubt, when in doubt, you have to go into why you wrote it. And mm -hmm. you think about all the mistakes people have made is in your case, say around research and not understanding the value of research and not understanding how to, like you really go to the problems people have with it. Yeah. And yeah. then you think about how that answers those questions. And for me, 
I think about what it's like to think I don't have what it takes or think yeah. some do and some don't and how hard it is to live that way. Yeah. And like, yes, I, I want to remember that everybody has what it takes. And so yes. I wrote as much. For so that's where you have to go. And that, you know, that is enough if you can trust it. Because uh, you're not going to ever get more secure than when you remember why you wrote it. Like that is the, that even no matter how much praise people heap on you, no matter how many copies you sell, yeah. it's that, it's where it came from that is your real source of security. And that I think plays not just to nonfiction writers, that really helps Everybody. with the, the literary fiction world too, because there's a story inside of somebody that's burning in them and they have to write it. Yeah. I've heard that a million times when I've Of course, yeah. And not everybody's gonna like that genre. They're gonna, might pick up fans, they might not, but they have to remember they wrote that because that story, they needed to tell it. And I think that's a beautiful thing to remember. Oh. It's true, every sort, every kind of writer, doesn't matter if you write poetry, romance, steampunk, vampire, lesbian romance, literary fiction, memoir, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's all, you, this is the thing you have to remember about when you're writing is you perceive the value in something. So yeah. the value in doing a certain kind of research, the yeah. value in the emotional experience of being a writer, which is really what I'm so interested in of mm -hmm. creating something on purpose. Mm -hmm or romance or science fiction, you see the value in it and then you, sh you share it. You try to translate. I always think of it like this, you know, Vicki, it's like, if, it's as if there's like a diamond in you, like mm -hmm. that's a valuable thing, this beautiful, mm -hmm. but you, it only exists in you. Yeah. And I'm you sure. with your words create it out in the world so everyone can see that yeah. diamond. Yeah, exactly. Right? I like that picture, that's fantastic. And this doesn't just pertain to authors. I think your book no. is relevant for artists in general. People it's that, for humans. Yes. It's for human beings because everyone, Vicki, everyone has what it takes. I raised my kids. They, they swore that um, they thought at, at a time when they were younger, they went to school and they're like, wait, aren't all everybody artistic? Don't they all have creative juices in them? Because yes. I raised them that everybody has a flow of art in them. They just have to find what that art is and express it. I and like then they it. got to school and it was like, no, not everybody is. And she, oh, and God. Mom, they're like, yeah, my mom said. Yeah. There's a kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird what school is, is good and school is not so good. Yeah. There's a lot of things in school that are very problematic. A really yeah. good teacher can can mitigate those challenges, but yes. there is a one size fit all nature of it that yeah. is really contrary to the human experience. Yeah. So there's yeah. nothing you can. For now, this is what we got, yeah. unfortunately. So the book is really focusing in on self doubt, but that everybody has that artistic ability. It is geared for writers. Right? It's, it's it's so it's written towards writer, but I mean, I was thinking about this because if you if. if if I had to write the whole title out, it's too long. It would be yeah. everyone has what it takes to succeed at the thing they love to do. So, pro, you know, I focus on writers because that's my platform. But if it's painting, if it's dancing, if it's entrepreneurial stuff, if it's gardening, it, you can succeed. Everyone, if you like to do something, if you're interested, you have what it takes to succeed at that. Like that is the it is the... Um, intersection of your interest and your imagination you're cute so here's here's an interesting example I love I was that thinking, title though by the way of course because there's a state I, 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 right because i drew that 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 phrase is out there does he yeah. have what it takes does he have what it takes everyone does yeah. everyone has it I, you know here's the thing i was thinking about this recently so i'm working with a group 
called Transcending Cancers. So they're a, they, one of the people who started it was a client of mine. Her husband got stage four cancer, was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And I was coaching her just in memoir writing. She lives in New Zealand. And mm-hmm. I, and, but, and this coaching shifted for me to help deal her with the emotional, what she was going through. Yeah. It turns out what I talked to her about, and I don't even remember what it was, but was what they used to get through that. And apparently he got through that and it, and very spiritual kind of people. And they wanted to, Give create a platform to help people deal with the emotional and spiritual challenges of cancer, both the people who have it and the people who are living with those people. Because it's a whole thing if your partner comes. Okay, so they said, "Will you come and teach uh, fearless writing to people who are part of this community?" I said, "I'd love to." So I gave this free talk, and they're like, "Oh, it's really good," but it seemed geared towards people who already like to write. We think a lot of people don't know how to write or don't see themselves as writers yet. Could you talk to people who don't see themselves as writers? Yeah. who could use writing as a tool to heal from cancer. And as soon as they asked me that, I said, I absolutely can. Yeah. Yes, I can. But here's the interesting thing. I'd never done that before. And I had not a single idea of what I would say to them, but I was absolutely certain I could. And the reason was, I already could feel within myself that acute interest in communicating why writing as a tool could be helpful to someone sort of cracked open by cancer, as I like think of it. And so I, even though I had no idea how to do it, had never done it, I could feel within me the thing that it would, that would give me all the particulars, the details of that talk that would come, but I already had within me what I needed to give that talk, which was my interest. And then my imagination, source, energy, God, whatever language you want that you're, gives me all the ideas I need, but I already had the interest and I had like intense interest and once I have that, we're we're good. And I think that, you know, and it's beautiful, isn't it? But I think what happens with a lot of people is, and if there's one thing that makes me a professional creative person is I know that's enough. Like I don't, and I think people get that and they think, well, so what that I'm interested? Everybody's interested. Like, why is that important? It is like, that is the gold. Yeah. That's where it is. But you have to know it is the gold and you have to trust it's the gold or else you don't think you have anything. I love it. I always get so energized when I talk with you because <laughs> I'm like, I know this. I feel that. I've had that experience yeah, so many times. Yeah. Um, with this book, the idea for my book, it literally was in my head for over a year. I think I kind of talked a little bit about it with you, but this was not the first book I was going to write. I was no. working on historical fiction. Right. And, um, and then all of a sudden, it was like this burning need. I had to get it done. I, I just couldn't stop thinking about it and how to get done. I got pushed from some other really great people in self-publishing, get it out. Let's just get it out do it. Right. And um, that burning, like that feeling, it's almost like central, like, you know, you're doing what you've been called to do. It's the most phenomenal experience. Yeah. Um, love to live there all the time, but yeah. you know, then the day comes in, right. <laughs> Life comes well, in. you know, I will tell you, Vicki, I have decided Yes, of course. It's it's easier to be focused like when it's just you and the blank page, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what I've realized is I think my career as a writer grows based more not on what I do when I'm writing, because that I get. Like at this yeah. point, that's easy in a way. It's what I'm doing when I'm not writing. And I'm not talking about marketing and that kind of stuff, but no, just yeah. how I spend my days thinking and focused. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The more I can stay in that same kind of positive you know what it's like? It, it's really seeing myself as the creative. This is a phrase my wife. I'm going to give it to credit where credits yeah. due. This is. That's it's true. actually there's a essay called this 
in the author magazine now written by my wife, Jen. But she gave with the language, I love it, that you're the creative center of your life. And mm -hmm. so life, you're creating your life in the same way I face a blank page and fill that the way I want to see my whole life that way. The more I see my life that way, the happier I am, the more, the, the more on purpose I live. But the more I start seeing things like just sort of happening to me and things are out of my control and what the choices I make don't really affect these things, the more unhappy I get and the less involved I am in my life. So I try to stay in that authorship mm -hmm. frame of mind as much as possible. And yeah. it's been it's been the great challenge of my life, I think, yeah. staying there. But it can be done. You just have to believe that that's where you need to live from. Yeah. And it's something I'm working on every day because, you know, I'm still doing the day job. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm still doing You're a librarian, I, right? Yeah, yeah, but I'm actually work for a university and I'm not a librarian for that university. They didn't oh. hire me as a librarian. I I coach and mentor um, students to finish their bachelor's degree in IT. And so I have a oh. caseload of over 100 students that I speak to every week and motivation is the nice, the of course. So it's wonderful and I enjoy it. And I do do projects for the university library, but they wanted to hire me, but they wanted to relocate me. And I'm like, I'm a Northwest gal. I'm never relocating. I have to be 20 minutes away from my kids and that's not happening. <laughs> right. So, right. So I stay where I am. And that's another reason why this book was important for me because I wanted to share with the writer's community what I can't share in my university community with students. Um, this amazing tips and techniques that a lot of people miss. Um, but for me, I fantasize about what if I could just not do that day job and it was just always about writing. And I came to an epiphany because I was starting to get really frustrated and I wasn't doing great with mentoring my students. And um, that's still a passion for me. And I told my husband the other day, I go, you know what? I have to really refocus this, that everything I do in my day is me giving back to someone because I'm a giver. I love to share and serve. And I for, I wanted to focus all my serving on the writing community. And I kind of started to lose track of the serving my students. And I have to be able to serve everybody. Whoever it is I talk to, I'm going to serve and help, good, right? Good, yeah. <laughs> and so, so that focus shift is so important. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, I think as we, as, I think as time rolls along and we grow, our, sh our focus shifts. And I think it's important. In fact, there's a chapter in Everyone Has What It Takes where I talk about keeping up with yourself. You know, there's a phrase, you know, get out of your comfort zone. And I actually don't agree with that. I think mm -hmm. your job is to keep up with your comfort zone. I think you, it keeps growing and often we stay where we were. And so, you know, the fact that you wanted to shift to all writing what that was, I think, was a clue to you that you were wanting something more. Yes. Now, it may be that you would like to make all your, your living, and you could, you would, but you'd have to say, I'm really going to do that, and I need to now think creatively about how, what that would look like and okay. think about this and, and understand it will take some time. Yeah. But it also may mean that the way you work with your students may want to evolve, and you may want to let yourself go deeper with, yeah. you know, but if you're asking, there's something more you're wanting. Cause what happens is you work with writers and you recognize something and you're like, yeah. oh, this is interesting. I want more of this. Yeah. And I go through that too, in the nature of, you know the kind of way I used to interview people and it's changed a lot as my own mm -hmm. thinking has changed and my writing has changed. And so you got to keep up with yourself, you know cause you discover something and you're like, hey, I really like that. I don't want it to be sporadic. I would like it to be all the time because why 
Why not? Aren't we not here? I know you're here to serve, but let me tell you something. You're here to serve you, by which I mean, even as you go and help people, you're helping yourself. Don't, don't pretend you're not. You grow as you help. You're expanding. Them saying, so true. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I love helping people, but I, it's because it's exciting and interesting to me. And the connection between them, of me and them, is so fulfilling. But it's in the end, but the one who's served, I know for a fact, is me and my life because yeah. of that experience. Thank you for bringing that background. This is like, I hope my listeners are following all this because this is <laughs> all such good stuff. And you're getting it for free, y'all. So That's right. Not- this costs big bucks usually, but we're doing it for free. But no, there's so many things. Let's talk a little bit about the fearless writing because I want to talk with yeah. you a little bit about my experience with you, mm. um, which is, I feel like was a bit of a coaching experience that I don't think you knew you were helping me with. <laughs> so. Whoa. Let's let's lay the foundation for that. So Bill asked me to write a little bit about my my book for his magazine, yes. uh, but not as, as a personal narrative and not necessarily as the book, which I love to do. And it was a good challenge. And I started it and I had some of my friends in my writers group, which are super strong writers. They reviewed it. They gave me some insight and I changed some things around send it to Bill and Bill gave me really great feedback, but some of that feedback pushed me really hard because some of the narrative that I was talking about, I'm not free to talk about at this point in my life and Bill picked up on it. (laughs) And so he's like, we got to work on this a little bit. So it, it was challenging, but by the end of it, I'm so happy with where we ended up with that article. And and I just want to tell you, thank you. Cause when I, you're welcome. When I emailed you, I said, I am, look, I did this, Fearlessly, it was genuine. Um, oh, good, good. The idea that we have to oftentimes do some introspective work and tell stories that might be challenging and finding a way to do that with respect to possible others in this world, <laughs> you know, because that's yeah. where some of it is for me, um, is, is a big challenge for writers. Oh, I think. it's a challenge for a lot of people. You know, I only write about my own life, you know, my own experiences. And the mm-hmm. thing I've learned to do is that if the point of the story is how life affected me, how how I reacted to life and life involves other people, no judgment on them. Like they're just living their life, doing their thing. You know, you described an experience with someone who did some stuff he shouldn't have done, but guarantee this, he thought he was doing the right thing. Everyone who does anything thinks they're doing the right, this is the hard, it's hard to get. But, but they he, do believe that. <laughs> oh, they always do. Even when I've done things, look at, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. But at the time, it seemed to make sense, yeah. right? And, but if, if it, the focus is, I had this experience, whether it's with a dog or a tree or a person, and this is what, this is how I changed from it. This is what I learned from it, how I grew from it. People rarely take offense because yeah. it's so much of, even when they're this, in the story, because yeah. it's about what you, what you went through and when you can really make it about that it's pretty it, you're pretty safe now there's always people out there but i think it's pretty hard for it where people take offense is when you start telling their story and saying why you think you know they did why they did what they, or judging them or calling mm-hmm. them bad people and mm-hmm. if you can leave all that and just say this is what happened yeah. this is my experience and this is how i grew you're in pretty good shape yeah. and also and also what one of the reasons I wanted to work with these people who are who have cancer is people with cancer often have some very painful stories from their past, right? Oh yeah, and yeah. we all do. Look, we all do. We all do, right? Mm-hmm. But cancer and, will bring up. Oh, 
and there's course. a healing process that goes through with the healing of cancer. Oh. Went my mother-in-law twice. Wow. Um, I'll do two cancer treatments with her. So I've walked this road with her. Oh, it's it's intense, right? And it's intense. And and but what, the thing about grief and pain is it is a moment when life has your attention. Mm-hmm. And a lot, and I I think one of the best stories I wrote as a young, young man was about my heart first real true heartbreak, like legitimate. You know, it was around someone I'm now married to, but I didn't know at the time that we yeah. weren't gonna come. And you know even though it was painful, I never felt so alive in a way, in truth, because I was like really present. And it wasn't just all my sort of daydreams and there's nothing wrong with that, but boy, life had my attention. And it seemed like the best thing to write about was when I was in pain. There's more to write, well, there's obviously more to write about than that, but I think it's very important to go back to those moments and understand why life had your attention. And usually, Vicki, this is the deep truth I've learned from writing about my own life. The pain you feel is not from what happened, but from how you interpreted it. Yeah. Not what happened. Because if you have something happen and you and you say, therefore, I have no voice. Therefore, the people aren't trustworthy. Therefore, I'm weak. Therefore, I'm not valuable. That's the pain, not mm-hmm. the thing. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. challenge is to go back and tell the story differently. Yeah. Yeah. So and that- so- Right. Listen, that's what Bill had me do. So yes. I was yeah. this whole process of explaining why I stopped writing for a while. And um, and I couldn't get past that point. I, I wanted, I didn't know how to share the healing part of it because the healing is so multifaceted, right? Sure. And I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah. gave me like, how many word count? This is <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Right. <laughs> you know. Um, and it was so funny because once again, I credit my writer's group because I was invited into this writer's group. They're all older than me. Um, they invited me in before I ever published. They heard I was writing. They listened to some of my podcasts or a local group. And they have helped me like write past all these fears and all of this yeah. anxiety and everything. And um, so that's really where a lot of my healing started only a few years ago of feeling confident that my voice can resound or be important than hear be heard again absolutely so obviously i'm going to credit that um so so that was just such a great experience so thank you i don't know if any of us know sometimes how we help others unless people communicate that right and so it's important for me to make sure you know that you really helped me through that process Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I, I like to help people. Sometimes they tell me I've helped them. Yeah. I had people come up and say, I really needed this book. But most of the people you will help. You know, there's a story in, um, there's a chapter called Earthly Powers in the book about my my uncle who was in a wheelchair. And and then my relationship involves James Joyce and Anthony Burgess, these two writers that were influential. But it ends with this scene where I'm I'm seeing this man in a wheelchair when I was sitting with Jack in this big um, uh, food court in this mall. And the perception of him, he was quadriplegic, I think. And there was something, and I won't go into it, but seeing him, something, the value of life hit me in a certain way. And and you'll have to read the piece to understand it. But one of the things I can't, is he'll never know how he helped me. Mm -hmm. He'll never, just the sight of him. Mm -hmm. Anthony Burgess will never know how he helped me. There were so many people who will never know that in the smallest things, they taught me something I've learned from it. And I think that's 99% of the the help we get from people is totally unknown to it. But know that it's happening all the time. Know that your work is reaching people in a way that you'll, you'll, 
you can't really, I mean, it was, it was Richard Bach who first told me that. He was like, and he's helped, he reached a lot of people, that guy. He, you know, he wrote a book yeah. in the early 70s, Jonathan Livingston Siegel, that went ballistic, you know, wow. and sold 40 million copies or something. And he was like, you know, you don't, someone's going to pick your book up. You'll never hear from them. They'll never tell you, but it's going to change your life. Yeah. And But I do believe on some level, if I tune in, I can feel it. I, 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 I believe do, that. Right? I believe that all my heart. I believe yeah. that we can tune into it. And and I, so all of that to say, listeners, when you hear an author on my podcast that you've fallen in love with, or you read their book or whatever, I always encourage you, let them know. Let them yeah, know. It's true. You know, we, we love to hear from you. Email, man. You don't know how much we're starving to know. They don't. We don't hear. I don't hear from people much. I mean, I do hear some, but you know, they, I think people are shy and they don't yeah. think to do it, but I it love hearing from them. It really does. And um, so, so Bill, let's talk, cause I will be getting this um, out hopefully before I go on vacation at the end of this month. So right. uh, two weeks, I'm so excited. I'm unplugging on vacation. Um, so I'm so excited, but give us what you have, kind of what, is, what we can look forward to the next couple months. I know my, my listeners can go onto my show notes and find your information. Well, what have I got going on? You know, I'm uh, not a lot. The summer kind of is quiet. I'm going to be teaching the at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association's conference. So you can, okay. well, actually, oh, no, I take it back. It's a couple things. Uh, so that the PNWA is the end of September, and I'll be doing three classes there. And is that going to be face-to-face or virtual? No, we're doing it virtual, unfortunately. I might be able to come in. <laughs> That's right. And also through Writers Digest in September... Mm-hmm. I will be doing virtual. So no matter where you are in this great, a fearless writing class workshop, and then a fearless marketing workshop back to back. You can sign up for one or both. Yeah. Fearless That's marketing. Awesome. Fearless marketing. I love teaching that. This is not about how to market, but how to use your same, I mean, there is, but not like here are the six things you have to do, but how to use your same writer's imagination in the marketing that you do in the writing. And you can do it that would be seeing me there, Bill, for that well, one. That would be great. It's a so that's through Writers Digest, and we yeah. hope to be doing one a month of those. That's our plan. And okay. then the Transcending Cancer. I don't know when that's. We're still feeling out when that's going to begin, but we're gonna. That'll probably begin in the fall too, where I'll be doing some regular stuff through them. So that's kind of what I'm. That's what I know for sure right now. I'll be doing. And uh, so you and my well and my podcast every and week. Podcast. My every week. So. If you go to williamcanower.com, that has links to sort of everything. The podcast, Author Magazine, I'm writing, I write an essay twice a week for Author Magazine about writing and creativity. And, you know, I coach people. So if you want to do one-on-one coaching, there's links for that too. Um, but it's all at williamcanower.com. And so every week, every Tuesday, I do a podcast. Sometimes it's live, recorded live. And sometimes it's like what we're doing and I pre-record it and put it up. Yeah. Every week we do one. Yeah. Yeah, well, Bill, I have felt blessed having you in my life these three years, well, two years, one year, I don't know. Oh, yeah, two years, yeah. uh, A year. One of the most profound things that from our last episode, so in 80, I was still debating, I'm still debating about my fiction books and how I'm going to publish, and I'm not worried about it at this point. I'm like, it'll just organically happen. I might find an agent, I might not, whatever. Now that I've self-published, I kind of know I can do that too. So I'm kind of, I'm at a good place. But I remember I was really debating about it. And you said, don't pursue, I mean, don't not pursue. That's, I don't think that's how you said it. Right. Out of fear. And I was like, man, you just, <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. I've told that a hundred times on my podcast. Oh, <laughs> good. Well, it's true. So good. Never do yeah, that. 
fear, right? <laughs> no, nothing out of fear. So there's nothing wrong with independent publishing, but don't independent publish out of fear of rejection from yeah, traditional yeah, publishing. Rejection. I will say this about traditional publishing. The, the goal is to find people who you're, you know, once you find the right people, it's as easy as independent yeah. publishing. Mm -hmm. Easy, easier, I must say, because they do so much work, yeah, right? You just get to do and the creative writing part. <laughs> you do most of the right, and they, you know, you. I do most of the marketing. Let's be honest, yeah. but yeah. that can change. But, but it's but you have to find the right people, and it's just like finding a spouse, finding a friend. It's the same process, and the way to look at it is, you have a dream of publishing a book. And agents and editors have dreams of publishing books too. They have a dream of publishing books they like and books that succeed because everybody wants the book to succeed. It's just the overlapping dreams allow it to come. You're not looking, you're looking for someone who's dreaming the same dream as you. And when yeah. you meet them, oh, it's so much easier. Not like, oh, I got to prove I'm good enough. Yeah. I got to, I, I don't know how to do that. Um, but uh, I do know how to find people who are lined up with me. And once you do, it's, it, go, it goes much goes quite effortlessly if they're the right people. So that's something to hold in mind. You yeah. know, they're oh, I friends. I believe, I believe that if it's meant to be that way, it'll it'll happen. Good. I'm good. just not stressed about any of that anymore. Yeah. Good, good, and I've good. learned so much. This will be 109 podcasts. So wow. I know. And I'm even slowing down. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's 109 authors that I've discussed this topic with about how they write, how they got published, that whole journey. It's been such a great, phenomenal experience for my growth and hopefully yeah. others. Matter of fact, I've had a, I'll have a, a couple authors come on that I didn't know. They had listened to the podcast and like, I really want to be on your podcast. That's oh, nice. so rewarding to yeah. have that opportunity. People say, I've listened and I want to be on. So yeah, that's great. That, yeah. That's See, you're, you're learning. Yeah. I started interviewing authors. They were video interviews. I still yeah. do video interviews, but they, I did a lot of video interviews. And the reason was I wanted to be, I wasn't having any success as a writer. I was very frustrated with it, but I knew it wasn't because I didn't know how to write. I knew I could write, but like yeah. for whatever reason it wasn't happening. And, but I wanted to just be sitting in the room with someone who was flourishing. It's like, what is that like? What is it like to, like, what does it feel like? What are they, what's the energy? What's the point of view? What's the mindset? I just wanted to sort of like tune myself to them, not to write their books, but just to, and so it was very helpful for me too. It's been the best education. My husband laughed at me because I decided to do all this and not do my doctorate. And he's like, you're basically getting a doctorate in- You are, yeah. I know, isn't that cool? From real world experience, baby. <laughs> That's so smart. I go, well, it's also exhausting because <laughs> there's commitment that I do on the end of it, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Bill, thank you so much for being here. It has been a pleasure speaking with you again. So everybody go to Bill's website, make sure you join him in those workshops. I think that it will be helpful. You'll probably see me there if you get to see people. <laughs> I'll definitely be there. Excellent. <laughs> and, um, and, and we will have you come back when your next book is out, Bill. Yes, I'm writing it now. So when it comes out, we'll, it's more creativity stuff, more creativity. That's what I do. Awesome, awesome. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Make sure you jump on the show notes and find the author, buy their books, write a review. And most importantly, you can find out more about me and my projects at one of my two websites, www.squishpin.com or theauthorslibrarian.com. And until next time, this is Vicki J. Carter, the Authors Librarian, signing off.